This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the Contact Center Coach. I have an iPhone, and on that iPhone, there's an app called Reminders, and it's the place where I store reminders. And so I've got a section for just basic things that I need to do on a day-in and day-out basis. I've got a a list of tasks that my wife gives me. Uh, I've got a a prayer list in there. Uh, I've got a travel list in there, some goals set in there. But I have a section that's called remember. And that's different from a saved information section. I also have one of those that keeps track of maybe uh, some sort of a, a number I need to remember or a receipt number or something of that sort. This this list, which I call remember, is a list of everything that I've heard or read that I want to remember. And sometimes it's Bible verses or famous sayings or something that a buddy of mine said or something that I saw on TV. And right now I have 103 things in my remember list. And this is a list that continues to grow uh, day over day, week over week. And just to give you some examples, as these are some of the things that are in my remember list. They're not in any sort of priority. They're just five that I picked out that I thought were interesting. So the first one is start with your to-do list each morning, not your text or your emails. And I just thought that was fascinating because it made you focus on the things that you're, you needed to do every day as opposed to wasting your time on text or email, which I have a tendency to do. The second one is, it takes just 20 seconds of insane courage, and I promise you something really amazing will come from it. And I saw that in the movie, I Bought a Zoo. And if you haven't seen the movie, go check it out. It's a dad's advice to his son about being brave. Third is a Bible verse. I have a friend who has really strong faith and he lost his daughter in her 20s to breast cancer and she fought for years and years and she was so incredibly brave and so incredibly inspiring and I used to call him and tell him I was praying for him but had absolutely nothing else to say to him and he shared with me a Bible verse which is Job 2.13 that says, then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. And he told me it's okay just sometimes to call someone up who's going through a struggle and just tell them that you love them and just to be with them. Number four, fear lasts just for a moment, but regret lasts for a lifetime. I saw that on the Lois and Clark TV show. And number five, which is one of my favorites, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And that's from Tim Tebow. Welcome to Podcast 64. And today we're going to do our own leadership quick hits. My goal, pretty simple. I want to see if I can give you some advice, some quick tips that might make your rememberless as you lead the people in your organization. Let's get started. 
First up on the list, we need to hire hardworking, high character, bright people. So when I look to interview people, there's three things that I'm looking for. The first one is, is that I can't teach people to be a hard worker. So I'm looking for people that, that are hard workers or have history or examples or where they've been a hard worker. I can't teach people to be smart. So I'm looking for people that are smart. Maybe I see that in their academics. Maybe I just see that in the way that they respond to questions or, or the way they accomplished or overcame a problem. But I'm looking for smart people. And then the third thing that I can't teach is I can't teach or give them character. People have to have a high character. And if you can get high character people that are bright and smart and are hardworking, you can teach them anything, any job. How many hardworking and passionate, high character, bright people do you have in your organization? And are you just about to hire somebody else and do they fit into this category? The second one, when you're a leader, you're playing football, not tennis. You see, when you play football, the people that are at the front of the line, they're blocking and protecting the people that are in the back, maybe the people that are running or the quarterback that's throwing the ball, the receiver that's catching the ball. And, and sometimes the people in front have to, be a, have to be a body that gets in front of somebody else because they work as a team. And it, it's not tennis. Because in tennis, what happens is, is that your employee gives you a problem and you just pop, pop it back over the net to them. Somebody else comes to you with an issue, pop it back over the net. It, it, it's not tennis. We're not, we're not taking people's problems and challenges and issues and just popping them back to them. It's a football game where we're trying to work together. And sometimes we have to get in front of uh, upper management to, to help our, our employees overcome a problem. Or we have to work with the technology department or fight, fight our way through something in HR or whatever the department is that you've got going on. We need to look at leadership as, as a football game where, where all 11 people are working together to accomplish a goal and not just tennis where you're just taking problems and you're just popping them back over the net. And, and just hand them back. You don't want to be known as a leader that, you know, you bring a problem to somebody and boom, you just, you just give it back to them. And yes, I understand and recognize that there are some times that the best thing you can do for the people that work for you is to ha- allow them to work out a problem themselves because then they'll own it. You've heard me mention multiple, multiple times, teach a man to fish uh, as opposed to just giving them fish because it's something that they can work with over time. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this is a football leadership, not tennis. Third up is don't be a seagull manager. A seagull manager is someone that flies in, ruffles everybody's feathers, and craps all over them. Don't be that kind of a leader, and you don't have to fly in to actually make that happen, but don't be somebody that comes in and blows things up. Be somebody that comes in and works your way through the problem, and if you happen to be a leader that, that has, to, has to fly into an area and doesn't get to see their team on a regular basis, I recognize the fact that many times you have to come in and deliver a message, sometimes a tough message, sometimes a challenging message, and sometimes people do need to have their, their feathers ruffled, but don't have the reputation of a seagull manager and, uh, because it's just not something that will keep you successful and allow you to be successful over time. Next up, if you want to be selfish, get out of management. You see, managing, managing and leading is not about being selfish. And yes, I know that you're the leader. Uh, maybe that's something that, that kind of floats your boat and you, you like being the star. But the reality is, if you're selfish, you'll never accomplish what you want to get accomplished because people will figure out pretty quickly that you have three favorite people. That's me, myself, and I. You see, much is given, much is expected, and depending on the level that you are, you need to be even more of a team player the higher up you go into an organization because the farther you get away from the people that are on the front line, 
the less likely you are to stay connected to them and understand what their challenges are. And usually the front line is the one that's connected to their to your customers. And when you're connected to your customers, it makes a difference. If you've heard me say this before in a, in a podcast, I'm sorry, but I'm going to repeat it again. One of the most brilliant things that Herb Keller, who was the leader of Southwest Airlines, used to say is they asked him why he was so successful. He said, you know what? We love our employees and our employees love our customers. And when you've got that much love going around, you can make a lot of money. If you're going to be a leader, you can't be selfish. You have to be in it for everyone. Next up is excuses are like rear ends. Everybody has one and nobody needs another. Uh, Don't be a person that's loaded with excuses. I mean, you can certainly have reasons and issues why you were unable to accomplish whatever the goals were or targets that you were looking for, but don't be an excuse person. Don't be somebody who's always got an excuse that's never wrong, that it's never their fault. They never take responsibility. You You don't need to be a person of excuses. Next up, work harder, work no harder than your people work for themselves. And you've heard me mention this before in other podcasts. The people that work for you and your ability to lead them and manage them and direct them and encourage them, I would wholeheartedly encourage you never to work harder for somebody than they work for themselves. And it's okay to say, listen, I'm going to work as hard for you to be successful as you do. I'm going to try to try to meet your effort. I'm going to meet your preparation. I'm going to be right there for you, but I'm not working one little stitch more than you do. And if you're a parent, you get this because we spend so much of our kids' early lives trying to get them to care more than we do. It starts out with safety. We just don't want them to run into the road so we know that they'll be safe. And then in their schooling, we want to get to the point where they care more about their grades than we care about their grades, that they care more about their homework than us doing their homework for them. If you're a person of faith, you want your kid to care more about going to church and loving Jesus than you dragging them to church. And if they're into sports or music, you want them to care more about that when they practice and when they, when they have goals than you caring more about their sports or their music. And when we accomplish this, when we get to the point where they care more than we do, we know that they'll be more successful in their lives. And of course, that means we've done our job as parents. Don't work harder or care more for your employees than they care for themselves. Now, that also means that you can encourage them. You can teach them how to care more. You can teach them how to be more successful and you can pour into them. But at the point where you're pouring into them more than they're pouring into themselves, you might as well, and, it's, and sometimes even if you're one of these people that has a tendency to do somebody else's job, then you might as well get paid for it. If you're going to do two jobs, you should get paid for two jobs. So don't work any harder for someone than they're willing to work for themselves. This is a simple one. Be an answer. Be the kind of person that somebody comes to for an answer. Don't be the kind of person that, that it's a little bit like the tennis thing where, where they come in and, and you don't ever give them an answer because A, you're, you're too political and you don't want to commit or B, you don't want to be held responsible for what are the, whatever the answer is that you give them. And, and if you can just stay kind of Switzerland, then, then you can kind of slide through. And if the politics of your organization is like that, then you probably need to work somewhere else. But be an answer. Be the kind of person that people come to. And even if you don't have the answer, you know where to help them get the answer. And yes, I will repeat again, sometimes you don't want to give them the answer. You want to help them figure the answer out for themselves. But that in of itself is an answer. Lead by energy in the moment. Be in the moment. 
When you meet with your, with your employees, be in the moment, be focused. Don't be looking at your phone. Don't be distracted and have energy in the moment so that you can, you can have a plan when somebody walks into your office, fill the need, leave awake. When you talk to an employee, let them leave, let, or someone that works for you, let them leave with having received something from you that they can apply to their jobs. And in order to do that, you have to, you have to, you're going to have to muster some energy to focus on their problem or their issue, which means you probably need some preparation in order to do it correctly. But lead by energy in the moment. If you're, if you're having a bad day, if, if you don't have a lot of energy, then, then get up and walk around or stay away from people. But when somebody comes into your office or you go into their cube or you get on the phone with them or a Zoom, have some energy in the moment. Bring energy into the room, bring energy into the relationship, bring energy into the conversation, bring energy into the problem. If you're somebody that brings energy into the room and is, has energy in the moment, you'll make a difference, you'll stand out, people will wanna be around you, people will wanna be led by you, and maybe most important of all, leaders that you work for will want to have you around, have you take on more responsibility. More responsibility usually means a better title, more money, and that's a good thing usually all the way around. And then finally, be the kind of leader that, that comes alongside. Very often we have a tendency to be in this, this square off position where we're across the table and you're either accusing them of something or they're accusing you of something and, and you're not working together as a team. You want to be somebody that comes alongside. I love the story. I have no idea whether it's true or not, but this guy walks up to a, a baggage claim counter and there's a woman behind the counter and he just starts berating this woman about, about how bad is the fact they'd lost his luggage and what, they, what an issue was and screaming and yelling at, her, yelling at her. And she's like, sir, let me see if I can help you. And just goes ranting on and on and on about it. And Finally, he takes a breath and the, and, and the lady looks at him and says, sir, there are only two people in the world that care even a hoot about your luggage and one of them's losing interest really quickly. When you find yourself across the table, or at least conceptually across the table, it's very hard to work as a team. This example, clearly the guy never gave the woman a chance to come around and help him solve his problem even though they were the only two people that really cared about his luggage at that moment. When you can get alongside, when you can be the kind of person that gets alongside, whether that's to encourage, whether that's to, to uh, educate, whether that's to discipline, if you're doing it from the same side of the table, you create an environment where we're in this together, we're working as a team, we can both see the problem collectively together because we're on the same side. And the results may not be the same side because certainly the employee probably is responsible or not probably is responsible for whatever the issue they've got going on and they need to, to work within the consequences of the company. But it's showing that you're working with them, that you're seeing their problem together with them. Again, you're not working harder than they are, but you're on the same team. So be the kind of leader that comes alongside of your employees. I don't know whether you've got a list in your iPhone titled Remember. Maybe after this podcast, you'll have one. And maybe some of these will end up on your Remember list. Don't forget to hire hardworking and passionate, high-character, bright people. 
It's football, not tennis. Don't be a seagull. If you want to be selfish, management and leadership is the wrong place for you to be. Excuses are like rear ends. Everybody has one. Nobody needs another. Don't work any harder for your employees than they work for themselves. Be an answer. Lead by energy in the moment and come alongside the people that work for you. If you do these things, you'll be a more successful leader in your organization. Listen, I hope you've had an opportunity to learn some things that you can apply to your day-to-day job. I know that you can be a great leader. It's just going to require some effort on your part. It's going to require some focus, some attention, some certainly some hard work, and probably some people to come alongside and help you. Where are you in that process? I know you can do it. Go make it so. Look forward to talking to you next week. Have a great week. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.